A report by the Colorado Criminal Justice Reform Coalition in March 2018 indicates a 106% growth in drug felony case filings, of which 75% were for drug possession. The rate of those incarcerated is expected to increase 38% by 2024. However, a campaign initiated by the American Civil Liberties Union, if implemented, can reduce the state budget for prison operation by $675 million of its now nearly $1 billion budget. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. The ACLU calls the plan for the incarceration reduction and the savings a blueprint for smart justice. On this edition, we continue learning more regarding the inner workings of the plan from the ACLU Colorado Public Policy Director, Ms. Denise Mays. Tough on crime, uh, criminal legal system, and um, there's a lot of fixes, of course, that need to be made there, and and it's it should be all hands on deck. including clemency by the governor. Yeah, and what you're saying is that in a number of these families, it wasn't because the the marriage or the relationship broke up. It's because the the father, let's say, had had a problem there, and the state took the dad out of the family. Exactly. That's exactly right. And you, you hit on a good point there because and I, we're, it's somewhat surprising, you know, to us at the ACLU because we've been talking about these issues for a long time. But I think it's becoming just more and more apparent and maybe more part of the public discourse about how many folks are in prison that, um, that committed crimes, of course, certainly. Uh, and there, I, I see the need, you know, for prisons in some cases, I suppose. But a lot of the folks that we have in prison suffer from, you know, drugs or other substance abuse. There is mental health issues. Um, And really, we shortchanged those support systems, you know, throughout the the 70s and 80s. And I think we, we are continuing to pay the price for that. And so instead of putting money into services that lift people up or the nets, that keep people from falling too far below. Uh, we have, you know, put money into prisons. And, you know, our state prison budget is the highest it's ever been. It, it didn't break the $1 billion um, line, but it's pretty darn close. And, yeah. that's, you know, that's a, a, a ridiculous use of resources when you think that that money should have been diverted to other things that would have helped people rather than frankly cage them the report is also indicating that this is more a public health issue than a criminal justice issue there you go there you go that's exactly right um i think we're seeing so much of it now and i really believe it's it's because we're we're kind of busting at the at the at the seams if you will that it's just so apparent and Maybe that's one of the things that that COVID really, really underscored in a lot of areas that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I always say the virus itself is is not racist, but it surely has uncovered, um, you know, a long history of racism and and classism and um, lots of things like that that we have shortchanged um, throughout many decades.
No, yeah, you can't sweep the COVID under the rug at all. There's no doubt about that. You see it everywhere, right? There's like, yeah, there's tents of people, you know, living outdoors now. And this is something that's always been around. We, we're just, like I say, it's just becoming more and more um, in view, I guess. It's in plain sight now. Mm-hmm. And there's a higher number of incarcerations uh, on drug-related offenses uh, encompassing women as well that we haven't seen before. That has really been a fascinating or troubling thing um, that that the rise of women in prison, it, it's, it's really phenomenal to me. And I'm not really sure I understand why, except, I mean, they're, they're suffering from the same issues as men are. It's mental health, it's substance abuse, it's um, lots of things that are very related to public health, as you mentioned. Um, but it is it is kind of, it really is remarkable. And some of them, many of them have children that are being raised by grandparents and things like that. So it's yeah, or foster care or, or, you know, I mean, just not in, yeah. um, not ideal situations. And then, you know, what future have we written for them? So these, mm-hmm. these are all things that we really need to take a harder look at and, and pay much closer attention. And part of our campaign is, um, is, is to show individuals in that light. I think, um, you know, lots of folks and Hey, I'm not faulting anyone. Um, the, the, the image of someone in prison, you know, is, is kind of a stereotype and, what we're trying to say is there are people that do redeem themselves. They should not be judged on the worst day of their life or the one big mistake in their life. And people do change. Redemption is real. And we want to give a different image of what maybe most folks may have for whatever reason. I think I was reading that the uh, Smart Justice initiative is also the ACLU's platform to usher in, I guess the term is a new era of justice in America. Could you elaborate on which direction you all would like to see the the system go to make it better? I think it's a lot of what we've talked about here, which is less reliance on on incarceration, less reliance on jails and prisons, more reliance on community care, um, the, the rebuilding the nets that we have taken down, um, which are the mental health uh, help counselors, um, more on drug and substance abuse, and more about community reinvestment. When you reinvest in communities and communities themselves thrive, you just have a better people in general. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's where we need to go. There's also something that's been around for a while, not often used, but it's it's termed restorative justice, where there are other penalties, if you will, or there's other ways to pay for your crime other than to be incarcerated. Um, and mm-hmm. maybe it's maybe it is community service. Maybe it's doing something else more positive instead of you know, putting you in a cage and, and hoping that you rehabilitate. Do we also have to take another look at how uh, judicial appointments are made or judicial retentions are done as well? 
don't know. Um, that's not necessarily an, an area that we we get involved in much. Uh, I I think probably more than that, we would focus on um, legislating things that we we need to start stop. Excuse me. Um, you know, the legislature every session passes a new a, a new a new offense, a new crime, or wants to enhance an existing crime. Um, I think we, we need to take a look more at how policy is made. It's not something the ACLU would do, but at least how appointments or selections of district attorneys are done because their philosophies will probably have an impact on prosecutions at some point. Very, very good point. There is, you know, uh, movements in different states um, We've looked at it a little bit here in Colorado, but you're exactly right. Prosecutorial reform. You know, there are so many individuals, Coloradans included, that may not even know who their district attorney is. Um, but it is one of the most powerful individuals in the criminal legal system. Uh, I yeah. often say that, uh, you know, police can bring you into the criminal legal system, but DAs have the biggest power to keep you there. And that is a very, very big deal that requires um, a lot more, a lot more scrutiny and much more play in who gets elected for those very powerful positions. Is there a state in the union, since this is a national outreach by ACLU, a state or a few states or that can be held up as a model for where we want to go. Because there's probably no one state that's done all of it correctly, and um, so we do. Uh, you know, when we when we look at different laws that we can have here in Colorado, we we usually do that sort of 50 state survey and and see what's happening in other states. I mean, for example, mm -hmm. as we're talking in the redemption campaign about the need for the governor to do more. On, on clemency, you know, we have some governors that uh, released uh, close to a thousand. You know, Kentucky released hundreds. I mean, Louisiana, 32. Our governor, four. So we are looking at other states and, and seeing, hey, some of these states have gotten parts of this right. Why reinvent the wheel? And let's see if we can do what they did. Oh, is there some redemption things that are going on in uh, juvenile courts that could be extended up into for adults? Since the idea is to uh, rescue youngsters before it gets worse, then maybe some things that are done there we could rely on to put into new legislation to also assist adults to reduce the number of incarcerations. No, you're again. You're on exactly the right track. I think um, we even see, uh, which is fascinating to me, even greater racial disparities on the juvenile side. And yes, if you start early in the criminal legal system, it's it's going to be hard for you not to stay in it. And um, there, there is. We've got to do things in a different way. We can't be arresting, you know, we shouldn't have police officers in schools. We shouldn't be looking at a way to arrest kids instead of disciplining them. There's got to be um, a different way because you're exactly right. And, and that's what we talk about, the school-to-prison pipeline. 
you know, you have police in, in schools. They're, they, police do what they're trained to do. And so you arrest kids and get them into the criminal legal system, and it's, um, it, it can be a foregone conclusion what's going to happen to them as adults, which is very sad. With the uh, smart justice outreach, are you looking or for uh, the general public to perhaps call their representatives, you know, with the uh, with the Bronco players being there to get behind the changes that you want the outreach to do? Really, this redemption campaign in particular is focused on the governor, that the governor yeah. can and should release more people um, that can be safely released into community. So we are encouraging folks to um, to get involved in that campaign through direct contact with the governor's office. That's precisely yeah. what the ad that you saw last week with these terrific individuals asking the governor to do more. Uh, we will be hosting some webinars that folks can find information about on our Facebook page, ACLU of Colorado. And you can also go to our website, which is um, ACLU-CO.org. Um, you will yeah. see a lot of information about our redemption campaign, and uh, we're setting up dates um, for webinars to to teach people about you know, all of the harsh sentencing laws, the things that we can all do together um, to, to get away from our own addiction to jails and prisons. Yeah, and you were able to take the uh, or, or give an example to the uh, to the governor because he puts the budget together, I think, and it submits it to the legislature who works on it. But uh, if we can reduce that number of incarcer incarcerations there, it has a serious impact on the Colorado budget. Exactly, and and we can start looking at models of uh, community investment, which works a lot better than putting money into bigger institutions. Um, like I said, with mm -hmm. the Department of Corrections budget, you know, knocking on the door of a billion dollars, we really ought to be rethinking our priorities. Smart Justice is the campaign by the American Civil Liberties Union to reduce the number of unnecessary incarcerations for drug possession. It is one of the many issues arising for the legislature and the governor as the new session opens. You can gain more insight online at aclu-colorado.org. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Stay on your game. Mask up and keep your distance when going out. And many thanks to you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.